want to thank our worship team for leading us in those songs this morning. It's good to sing. It's good to sing songs of worship. Uh, when we're walking through things that are uncertain, it's good to redirect our hearts back to God and His goodness in our lives for sure. I, I don't know if all of you are aware. Some of you I know are aware of this, uh, but not everyone is. We've, we've had a bit of a baby boom here at our church over the last several months. Uh, four, four babies uh, born. We had two actually Zimmermans and the households you would know uh, from, from this service, and then there's two others, uh, the Himes and, and the Weavers, uh, they would be part of our second service uh, family, and so uh, we've had these, uh, this, this little mini baby boom in our church, which is exciting, we praise God for that. Uh, I know I was praising God that none of those deliveries happened here on a Sunday morning, uh, there was one, one of the girls, oh my, she, uh, she just looked like she could go any time. And, and, uh, so we're, we're thankful that everyone uh, delivered safely and the babies are healthy and moms are healthy. So we're just thankful for these things. I, I, I love the opportunity to go and see uh, new parents, uh, babies at the hospital. You, know, you go As a pastor, you go to the hospital and sometimes you go in and it's pretty rough stuff that you're involved in, uh, in hurting situations. But babies are different. Uh, you go in, and it's exciting, and it's new, and, and it's, uh, the parents are, are beaming, and these are neat times, and uh, we certainly praise God for that. And I'll say this, every one of those babies was the most beautiful baby ever born uh, in the history of babies, uh, certainly. We praise God for these things. But when I do, when I do have the opportunity to see a new baby, and I, didn't, I don't always uh, hold them. Sometimes you have that opportunity, and and you get to hold someone's uh, new baby. But uh, when I see a, a new baby, it reminds me of what that was like. You know, my, I've got an 18, a 16, a 14-year-old, and you know, those are days long in the past for, for our family. Uh, but I remember. I mean, I remember what that was like, and I remember the excitement of those days. I also remember the feeling, especially with Hannah, our first, I remember that feeling of overwhelmed. Uh, nervousness, just feeling like, oh my, uh, this little child is depending on us for everything. Specifically, uh, as a dad, I'm thinking this, this baby is depending on me to get this right when it comes to being a good dad. I don't want to mess this up. And I remember uh, just kind of feeling that, that uh, overwhelming sense of responsibility. And I can remember uh, how that impacted my priorities, right? Changed some of my priorities in life. You know, reading books about how to raise children uh, and to be a godly dad, uh, th that just wasn't a priority in my life, reading those kinds of books, until I started having uh, a family, until we started having children. And having children changed the the way I prioritize my time, the way I prioritize money, the way that we prioritize, the way we think about the future. Just a lot of our priorities were changed when we started having children. Uh, when, when Angie and I did start having kids, uh, I did want to, I, I wanted to be, and I still do, I want to be a good, a good dad. But just because you want to be a good dad, doesn't necessarily mean that you will be. You can want something, uh, but you've got to ask yourself a question at some point, how am I going to do that? What's going to be required of me 
to be a good dad. When Angie and I first got married, I for sure wanted to be, and still do, wanted to be a good husband. That's, that's good. But just because you want to be a good spouse doesn't automatically mean that you will be. You have to ask yourself the question, what will be required of me in order to be a good husband? Is that just something you're born with? You know, you're either born with it or you're not, right? Is it something where, you know, sorry, Pastor Mark, you got blonde hair, blue eyes, and you're just out of luck because we all know that those, you know, people with blonde hair and blue eyes are not genetically capable of being good dads. Well, no, that's not how it works. Uh, you wouldn't say, well, you know, maybe if you were smarter, you'd be a better husband. You know, that's just not how, that's just not how it works. Thankfully, that's not how it works. I would suggest to you that the outcome of being things like a good dad, a good husband, uh, whatever you would put at the end of that fill in the blank, that has a lot more to do with our priorities than our genetic makeup. A lot to do with our priorities. It has a tremendous impact on who we turn out to be in life. Think about a strong Christian that you know. Someone that, is, that, is, that loves Jesus, that is living a Jesus-centered life. You admire this person. Think about who that would be for you. Do you think that they're just, they were born smarter, that they were just born more spiritual than people? You know, we probably all could say that we know someone who they say they're a Christian, but we're looking at their life. Not that it's our place to judge, but we're looking at their life. We're thinking, I don't see any evidence that you're even saved, let alone following Jesus. What's the difference between the person that you admire and the person you're just not even sure if they know Jesus? What's the difference between, is one smarter? Is, was one born more spiritual? The answer is no. At the end of the day, what you'll find is there are very different priorities in those people's lives. Here's what I'm going to hope you will find helpful in what we talk about today, what, I, uh, what I've been praying that you will be able to put into your life and find useful. It's this, it's this one simple statement that I hope you can take with you today. Our priorities determine our prize, and our prize determines our priorities. Let me say it again. And just before I even unpack that for you, before I put anything underneath that, just think about the statement itself. Our priorities determine our prize. Our prize determines our priorities. Let me start to unpack it this way by giving you this example. If my daughter being born is the starting line and... My daughter leaving our home, let's say to go to college, she turns 18, which she has, and she's headed off to college in the fall, and soon she'll be on her own. Like, if that's the finish line, then the prize of being a good father is going to be determined by my priorities over those 18 years. And my priorities over those 18 years will have determined whether or not I have accomplished or won that prize of being a good father. Do you see how they're connected? On our wedding day, let's say that our, uh, our wedding day, if that's the starting line and a 50-year anniversary, not everybody gets to that, right? But let's say God blesses us with long enough life where we make it to 50 years. If our wedding day is the starting line, then the finish line that we're shooting for, that we're running towards, is a 50-year anniversary, 
then the prize of having a strong, intimate marriage will have been determined by my priorities, by Angie's priorities, over those 50 years. And our priorities over those 50 years will have determined whether or not we reach that particular prize when we hit the finish line of 50 years. Strong, intimate marriage. If that's the prize, our priorities are connected to that. One more. If the day that we trusted Jesus Christ is the starting line for our walk of faith in this life, this new life of faith. Baptism, right? If, if baptism is the starting line for this life of obedience, we are obedient to Jesus in something small, which starts this life of obedience to Jesus in bigger things. If those are the starting line points of faith and obedience, and death is the finish line, then the prize of hearing Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant, will be determined by our priorities over the span of those years. And our priorities over the span of those years will determine whether or not we hear that prize in Jesus saying to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Our priorities are determined by our prize, and our prize determines our priorities. Paul describes the connection. These, these two things, priorities and prizes, are, are inseparably connected. And Paul describes it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to look very carefully this morning at verses 24, 5, 6, and 7. We're going to look at those verses together this morning, spend a little bit of time there together. If you're going to take some notes on the notes page you got when you came in, that's great. All of the notes are provided for you in digital format on, uh, on your phone, on your tablet. If you have those with you, you can go to our website and find the notes there as well. What I want to do is walk through those verses one at a time with, with you this morning, and we're going to ask ourselves some tough questions when it comes to priorities in our lives, when it comes to the prizes that we are, that we are pursuing in our lives. Verse 24, Paul starts with this, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs? Only one person gets the prize, so run to win. And before we can even talk about the prize at the end of the race, right? Paul says, you know, runners are running, one person gets the prize. Before we can even talk about the prize at the end of the race, we need to ask ourselves if we're even in it. Are we even in the race? Just because I'm breathing air doesn't mean that I am pursuing a prize, it's possible, is it? I think so. It is possible that you might be stuck in a spiritual rut, going nowhere in this life. It is possible that you might be running around in circles, chasing your own tail, because you have no prize in mind. You've never taken the time to think about, what am I pursuing in this life? What are the goals that I want to accomplish in this life? You're just kind of 
walking through life aimlessly. Our priorities will determine our prize, but if we don't have a prize that we are running towards, here's what will happen. You'll never give any thought to your priorities. There's no need to. There's no need to give thought to your priorities if you don't have a prize you're running towards. Because these things are inseparably connected. For example, we don't have a lot of students in this group this morning, uh, but you probably remember the days of being in school and if, if you and I, we're in school, and if we are not interested in being a good student who gets good grades, if that's not the prize we are pursuing, if that's not the prize we're running towards, probably we're not going to set priorities in our lives that are going to move us towards that prize. We're probably going to be more interested in becoming a Fortnite video game champion or something like that uh, some other priority will fill that gap rather than I want to be a good student who gets good grades and, and uh, then see what God does with that uh, in my life. Do you have a finish line you're running towards? Are you just kind of running around life aimlessly? One of the things I would challenge you to think about, can you, can you identify a prize in your life, at least one? Hopefully you've got more than one prize you're running towards that is good. But can you at least identify a prize that you, are, that you are for sure running towards? Could you fill in the blank to say, I want to be, and then you fill in the blank, I want to be a good husband, a good wife, a good dad, a good mom, a good grandparent. I want to be a good friend. I want to be a good follower of Jesus Christ. Could you fill in the blank? And say that about yourself. We have uh, two teenagers right now that are thinking through career choices. And maybe you've got people in your life, maybe now or in the future, that will be thinking about that. And certainly a question to, to be thinking about is, uh, can I say I want a career that I enjoy? Can I say I want to pursue God's calling in my life? That's something that we've... Uh, tried to teach our kids since they were very small to pray and ask God that he would press on their hearts and, and open their minds to see the opportunities and, and to put a call on their life for whatever it is that he wants to do with them. Am I pursuing God's call in my life? How about this? Uh, some, of, uh, some of our students or some of our people in, in our church family are in that stage in life where they're thinking about dating and they're thinking about who they might marry, can they fill in the blank and say, I want to marry someone who loves Jesus? That's a very different thing to want to pursue than I want to marry the first person that's interested in me, right? That's a very different prize that you are pursuing, How about this? I want to live a life of generosity. That might, that might uh, connect with more of you uh, here in first service. Do you, do you have that? Can you say, I want to pursue a life of generosity. I don't, want to, I don't want to pursue a life of crushing debt. I want the prize to be a life of generosity. What's the prize that you are running towards? If you don't know if you haven't thought about that before, I would strongly encourage you to carefully think about that and prayerfully begin to answer the question, what are the prizes that God wants me to pursue? 
Don't begin to answer or ask the question, what are the prizes you know, that I want to pursue? What are the prizes that my culture wants me to pursue? What are the prizes that God wants me to pursue? Prayerfully consider the answer to that question. Don't run, or don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. We'll come back to that phrase, run to win, in just a moment. Look at verse 25. He says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. In a physical race, the athletes are committed and disciplined to training. And they do it in a physical race. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But in a spiritual sense... He says, we do it. He's talking about the believer and, and the pursuit of certain prizes that we are pursuing. He says, we do it for an eternal prize. Here's what I want you to get from verse 25. Is the prize that you are running towards, is it worth making a priority? I don't know what prizes you're pursuing. I don't know what prizes you're running towards, but is it really worth the priority in your life? That's the question that Paul is challenging us to ask. In the city of Corinth, uh, they hosted the second most famous games in the Greek world. You know, kind of like what well, Gus is the second most famous groundhog in Pennsylvania, right? Next to Phil. Well, the Olympics was the most famous. That was the big one in the Greek world. But the Ithmus games that were held in Corinth every other year, it was the second most famous games in the Greek world. And at the, the winner of the particular uh, athletic event would win a wreath that would be made out of laurel branches. We're familiar with laurel branches. And so you understand that they're cut. They probably look really good when they're fresh cut. But over time, what are you left with? You're left with some sticks. In the, in the form of a circle, right? He was using this uh, illustration to say the prize that the people in a physical race are running after, it's perishable. It's not going to last. It's not going to matter in eternity. And he was using that, that, that analogy, that image, to illustrate the faithful Christian is running towards some prizes that really do matter in eternity. The faithful Christian is running towards some prizes that, that have generational impact. And he's not talking about salvation. Make sure you understand when, he, when you look at the context of what he's talking about, uh, he's not talking about salvation. Salvation is a gift given to us by God's grace when we have faith in Jesus Christ alone to forgive us of sin, to rescue our soul from hell. It's a gift of God's grace. It's not a prize that we win for being a good Christian. That's not what... Salvation is. Paul's point here is that there are some prizes in life that have lasting value, and there are some prizes that don't. And we need to think carefully about the prizes that we're chasing after and ask ourselves, is this really worth making a priority in my life? Maybe you're not sure how to even begin asking or identifying your priorities. Maybe... I, Maybe I've never really thought through how, how do I figure out what the prizes are I'm even chasing after. It's possible that you've never given that some thought. Here's what I would say. 
Uh, there's, there's a few ways to clearly identify uh, the prizes that you're pursuing, the priorities that you have. Here's, here's one of the ways you can tell. Do you schedule it? Do you schedule it? Do you put it on your calendar? Do you make time for it? Because if you schedule it, if you put it on your calendar, if you make time for it, it's a priority in your life, whatever it is. Good, bad, whatever. It's a priority in your life if you schedule it. You cannot say that prayer is a priority in your life if you do not make time to pray. Does that make sense? If you schedule it, if you make time for it, it's a priority in your life. How about this? Do you say no to other things that would compete for it on your schedule? That happens all the time, where there are multiple things competing for your time and attention. Happens all the time. And we have to make decisions. What am I going to put into this time slot in my schedule? There are three things competing for that time. Well, if you say no to other things, the thing you say yes to, that's your priority. That's the prize you're pursuing. Good or bad, that's that's the priority. How about this? Do you spend money on it? Do you spend money on it? As a family, we've made the decision to take our tax refund every year, and we put that towards a family vacation. That's what we use it for. And uh, we've made the conscious decision to uh, have those who help us prepare taxes to uh, make sure that there are, we actually take a little, a little extra out of our paycheck to make sure at the end that there's enough there to at least put towards something that we can go and do together as a family. Uh, so we've made that decision to, to do without some throughout the year so that we have it for this priority in our life that we have this family vacation. And when that refund comes, I don't spend it on a brand new lawnmower. Nothing wrong with spending your tax refund on a brand new lawnmower. That's perfectly fine. But I don't do that because the priority is the family vacation for us. You spend money on it. If you do, it's a priority. It's a priority. Do you sacrifice something of value for it? Do you sacrifice time, money, effort? Because those are limited resources. If you're willing to sacrifice something of value in order to pursue any particular prize, then that's a priority in your life. And just so you understand, the priorities, prizes, they can be tons of different things. It could be your work. It could be money. It could be your marriage. It could be Jesus. It could be television. Could be friends, could be your health, your appearance, it could be God. It could be pleasure, or your kids, or your grandkids. It could be prayer, it could be fun and leisure, it could be learning, it could be all kinds of different things. But if you schedule it, you say no to things that compete for it on your schedule. If you spend money, or you sacrifice time, money, effort for it, it's a priority in your life. It's a prize you're pursuing. Now that you have the tools to be able to identify your priorities and the prizes you're pursuing, now go back to the question I asked you. Is the prize you're running towards worth making it a priority? Does it have eternal value? 
Does it have lasting value? Does it have a generational impact value? And if not, it's possible that we have been ignoring something of greater value. Whatever you're pursuing, is it possible you've been ignoring or you've been distracted by something of greater value, something of of a lasting, eternal impact because you're pursuing something of little value, of temporary value that's not going to matter in 50 years, let alone eternity? Have you been sacrificing something that truly matters for something that doesn't? Years ago, I, I'll share this, something I struggled with in figuring out how much priority to put into something of value. And the, the thing I was struggling with at the time was how much, how much priority should I place on physical training? I believe that um, a good, healthy body, uh, being healthy is a good value to pursue. It's a good prize to, uh, to run towards. Lots of reasons why that would be true. And when it comes to uh, how you're going to accomplish that prize of having a, a healthy life, there are certain priorities that you need to put into place to accomplish that prize. It's not enough to say, I want to be healthy, and then eat Doritos for supper every night, right? That's not the priority that's going to get you there, as good as Doritos are. And so there were certain priorities that I had placed in my life to reach that prize. But here's, here's what happened in my life. I think there was a point when uh, the prize started to become distorted by pride. And it began, because my prize was distorted by pride, that then began to distort my priorities in pursuing a different prize than what I had set out to pursue in the first place. I'll give you just a very honest example of what I'm talking about. I, there was a time when I wanted, the prize that I wanted was to have veins like you see in the magazine. You ever go watch, uh, you go into the store and you see some of these muscle magazines and there's veins popping out everywhere. That's what I wanted. That became the prize that I was pursuing. Not just have a healthy life. No, I was pursuing this, uh, this image. And because the prize got distorted, my priorities got distorted, and dehydration became, because that's how you get that. I don't know if you know that or not. Maybe you don't. It, it, to get veins to pop everywhere, you have to dehydrate yourself, which is not healthy, which is the opposite of what my original intent was in pursuing a prize of a healthy life. And because it became distorted, now I'm doing things that are not healthy. And I had at some point to ask myself, whoa, whoa, is this the right prize to be pursuing? Are these priorities distracting me from priorities that have much greater value? The answer I came to the conclusion was, yeah, I, I need to reevaluate the prize here. I need to reevaluate my priorities. I still believe 
that pursuing uh, a healthy body is, uh, is a good prize to pursue. Right? But I have to make sure that I keep those things in perspective. Our priorities determine our prize, and our prize determines our priorities. It's really, really important that we make sure that the, that the priorities, or the prizes rather, that we are pursuing are worth the priority. Here we go. Next one. Verse 24, he says, uh, if you're in a race, everyone's running, but one person gets surprised, so run to win. Don't just run around aimlessly with no purpose. Run to win. And then he says this in verse 26, I run with purpose in every step. Now, he's not talking here about a physical race. He's talking about his spiritual life and the things that he's pursuing in life. I run with purpose in every step. I'm not shadow boxing. I'm not running around aimlessly. I'm not just fighting the air. I'm running to win. Here's what I want you to get from those verses. If the prize is worth pursuing then we need to be able to identify the priorities that will be required of us to reach that prize. If the prize is worth pursuing, then we need to figure out what are the priorities that will be required of us to reach that prize. If the prize is a strong marriage, if that's the prize, okay, what are the priorities that are going to be required of me to win that prize? Well, I'm probably going to have to spend time with my wife once in a while. That's probably going to be on the list, right? I'm going to start reading uh, books that talk about how to be a better husband. Maybe I'm going to go, uh, maybe Angie and I will go to a a marriage retreat. Maybe we're going to take advantage of the resources that are on Right Now Media. But there need to be priorities in my life that will move me towards the prize of a strong marriage. Because if I don't have the priorities, I'm not going to reach the prize. How about this one? If the prize is a Jesus-centered life, which we all should have, that is a prize, as a goal that we're running towards, okay, what are the priorities that we need to have placed in our life that are going to move us towards that prize? Same thing, uh, probably going to have to spend some time with Jesus. Spending time with him in his word, spending time with him in prayer, spending time with his followers, serving other people. How about this one? We're going to have to make sacrificing ourselves and make sacrificial living part of our lifestyle because that's what Jesus demonstrated. That's what Jesus called us to as his followers. So it needs to be a priority in my life if I'm going to live a Jesus-centered life. What are the priorities that are required of me and of you if the prize is to live a Jesus-centered life? Our priorities determine our prize. Our prize determines our priorities. And if the prize is worth pursuing, we need to figure out what are the priorities that are going to move us towards that prize. And if we've got priorities in our lives that are not moving us towards that prize, then those priorities need to be changed or you're not going to reach the prize. Last one, verse 27. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Again, not talking about salvation here. He's talking about 
uh, this, this reward, this prize, which we'll look at in just a moment. He, he writes about his priorities to the Philippian believers, and we'll pull that out in just a moment. But I think Paul is trying to make this point. If a prize is worth pursuing, then the priorities are worth the pain. If a prize is worth pursuing, then the priorities are worth the pain. Almost every prize that is worth pursuing, those priorities that it's going to be required to get there, a lot of them are going to be painful. Most things worth pursuing aren't easy. When we started having children, I told you before, I started reading books on how to be a good Christian father. And what you need to know about me, if you don't already, I don't really enjoy reading. There's a ton of stuff I would rather do than sit down and read a book. And maybe you look down on me for that, and that's fine. I'm just telling you that's me. I'd rather go outside and do something. I'd rather work in, in, in my workshop. I would, I would rather watch TV than read a book. And it's not that reading a book is painful. That's not what I mean. I don't mean it's like physically painful for me to read a book. I'm just saying there are other things I would enjoy doing more than sitting down to read a book. But if being a good Christian father is a prize worth pursuing, then the priority of sitting down and reading that book is worth the pain. Living a Jesus-centered life is a prize that is worth pursuing. But the priorities, let's just be honest, they are often painful because they require self-sacrifice. One of the big ones that we see in our culture today with our young people is just getting them to understand that waiting until you are married to be intimate yeah, it requires self-sacrifice. But it's a prize that's worth pursuing. It's a priority that's worth making. Giving God the first 10% of our income. Yeah, that requires self-sacrifice. But it's part of living a Jesus-centered life instead of a self-centered life. Carving out time in our week for each other. Right? Worship gathering. Uh, small group, grace group environments. A lot of people think in, in terms of like a small group that that's just about you learning more stuff about the Bible. And I hope you do learn things about God's Word when you're in a grace group, but that's not, that's not the only value of a grace group. It's just as much about you investing in someone else's life as it is about you benefiting personally. And yet, that requires self-sacrifice to give of my time and my energy to invest in someone else and not just think about myself. Reading our Bible for an hour. Now think about this. Reading our Bible for an hour, and, and, and some of us think, an hour? Let me put it, the rest of the sentence with that. Reading my Bible for an hour before I binge watch Netflix for four hours. Think that doesn't happen? We have no problem sitting down in front of the television for four hours at a time. Okay, well, can we at least give God? Can we self-sacrifice and maybe we'll spend an hour with God before we do the four hours of TV? The point is this. When the prize is worth pursuing, then the priorities that we place in our lives 
to get to that prize, if it's worth pursuing, then those priorities are worth the pain. They're worth the pain. I don't know when the last time was that you took time to evaluate your priorities. Maybe you've never done that. But here's what I think happens in most people's lives. I think most people wait until they hit a finish line moment in life before they ever think about their their priorities, before they ever consider the prizes they're pursuing. I think most people wait until a finish line moment in life. It could be a funeral, right? That's a finish line moment for people. When they're thinking about, right, here's someone who's passed away, you love them, you care about them, and you're like, oh, that day's coming for me. How have I spent my life? The obituary of this person was like, the only thing they could say about them is their hobbies, right? They like to do this and like to do that. That's, I, don't, I, I want more than that for my obituary. I want more uh, to be said about my life that's of greater significance than these are the stuff, you know, this is the stuff he liked to do in his free time. Or maybe it's a finish line moment of uh, a, a crisis in your life, right? Uh, like a marriage that falls apart or uh, a child that's off, off the rails. And uh, these crisis moments or an addiction, right? There's, there's, a, there's a crisis moment. It's like this finish line moment in your life when you're looking back over the last 10, 20 years and you're like, oh my, my priorities were way, way off, off the rail. Maybe the finish line moment is... Uh, you know, what we're facing as a family, you know, and Hannah, we're going to be taking Hannah to college here in, in a few months, and it's a finish line moment for us. And, uh, you know, people go through that. It's a normal thing that people experience in life. And, um, and those are moments when we, for sure, look back and we look at Hannah's life and we look at the last 18 years. Did we get it right or not? And go back and change it. But certainly it's in your face at that moment. Did you get it right or not? Maybe it's a life-threatening illness, right? There's these finish line moments that people have, and, and a lot of times that's when they start to look at the prizes in their lives that they've been pursuing, the priorities in their lives that they've placed, and they begin asking the question, were these priorities good? Were they wrong? Were they worth it? Was the pri- Here's this prize. It's not even a good prize, or, it's an okay prize, but not compared to what I gave up. I could have been pursuing something of greater value, but instead I was pursuing this. I was listening to The Message, which is a radio station, satellite radio, and there was a concert, one of these like in-studio concerts from a particular band. And... Uh, the band leader, very popular band, and the, the band leader was describing uh, this kind of decision that he had come to. He uh, had experienced a lot of success, and because of that, they were away 200 days or so out of the year, away from their families. And he was talking about how he has four daughters. And he missed birthdays, he missed recitals, he missed you know, these special moments because he's gone half the year, more than half the year. 
And apparently his, his, uh, his wife came to him at one point and said, uh, I feel like I am a single parent and you can do a better job. I need you to be here twice as much as you are to be a good father, to be a good husband. There needs to be something that's going to change. Now, in our, in our culture... Uh, the, the, the prize is be famous, be rich, right? If you're pursuing this, this life in, in music, that's the prize. You're a big star in music. And you've got awards, and, and everyone knows who you are, all right? But he said, you're right. Uh, we need to make a change because the prize that I want to win at the end of my life I want to win the prize that says I was a good husband and a good dad. I care more about that prize, that priority, than this music. And so they they made a decision. Uh, They were going to cut their concerts in half the following year and see if they could make it work. See if they could still make a living with half the concerts. They did. They did. God provided. I do think uh, that particular band uh, right now is working towards uh, finishing things up because most of them have kids and and they're winding down, uh, at least for this season in life, so they can spend time with their families and do that well. What good would it do to wait until you get to the finish line and say, look back and say, man, look at the prize I won. Look at the prize I won. Wish I'd have won this one. What if, what if we didn't wait until we got to those finish line moments to ask ourselves questions like, am I chasing prizes worth pursuing? Are there prizes that I'm chasing after that I shouldn't be pursuing? Are there prizes I'm chasing after that have little value? And really what they're doing is they're distracting me from prizes that have much greater, long-lasting, generational impact value. What if we didn't wait until we got to finish line moments in life to ask ourselves questions like, do I have the right priorities in my life? Are these good priorities? Are they going to result in good prizes? Are there priorities in my life that I need to cut out? Maybe they're not bad priorities, but they need to be cut out so that you can pursue better priorities, so you can pursue more eternal, long-lasting, generational impact prizes. And, on it, and these priorities, maybe they're not wrong, maybe they're not sinful, but they are distracting you and competing with and wrecking the values or, or the priorities that are going to pursue something better. I'm going to leave you with this. Go to Philippians chapter 3 because Paul talks about his priorities in Philippians chapter 3. He wrote this letter to the church in Philippi. Listen to what he says in verse 7. He said, I I once thought these things were valuable. And the things he's talking about were the priorities that he had in his life before he met Jesus. Being the best in his line of work, being uh, well-known, having uh, having a, a good reputation in his field. There were certain things that Paul was pursuing before he met Jesus, and he was killing it. He was nailing it. He was winning the prize of the things that he was pursuing. 
And he said, I, I once thought that these things that I was pursuing were valuable. But now, what's the difference? What's the time difference? Well, now that I know Jesus, I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when I compare it with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For His sake, I have discarded everything else and I count it as garbage. When He looks at all the other uh, priorities and prizes that He possibly could be pursuing and setting in His life, He looks at all of it and He says, the only one that really matters is Jesus. Everything else in compared to that, that one prize... It might as well be garbage. That's not that he didn't have other, uh, other prizes in his life that were of value. He's just saying, this is the most important one. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. It's not the prize. Salvation is not the prize. That's the gift. The, pri the prize worth pursuing is knowing Jesus and having that intimate relationship with Him. Because I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. I want to suffer with Him. I want to share in His death so that one way or another I'll experience the resurrection from the dead. Our priorities determine our prize. Our prize determines our priorities. And our greatest possible prize in this life that makes an impact in eternity is knowing Jesus, knowing the power of His resurrection. Because that, the knowing Jesus, knowing the power of His resurrection is going to impact every other priority in our lives. You get that one right, you pursue that one with everything you've got, and Jesus will help you set course for the right prizes in life. He'll help you set course on the right priorities that will accomplish those things in life. It all, it all blows out from or expands out from that one prize and priority, knowing Jesus. And from there out, that impacts every other prize and priority in your heart and in my life. Do you know Jesus? If you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a personal relationship with Him, then, then the strongest uh, encouragement I could possibly give you is, is to pursue that, that faith relationship with Jesus Christ, believing that He's died on the cross as a sacrifice for your sin, that He rose from the dead uh, with victory over sin, over death, and to make the decision to ask Him to forgive you and and and. and make you right with God, and to pursue not only that relationship with Him, but to pursue a relationship of obedience with Him and follow Him. And I would say this, if you know Jesus, if you know Jesus this morning is knowing Him, like really having an intimate relationship with Him, is that a priority in your life? When you read that with me, is that what your heart sounds like? I don't know that I could say that my heart sounds like that all the time. Man, what would my life be like? What would your life be like if, if that's every day what our hearts sound like? I just want to know Jesus today. He's my biggest priority today. What kind of impact and difference would that make in your life, in your marriage, in your relationships, in, in, 
just how you walk through life. Let me pray for us. Lord, I, I listen to what Paul wrote about his desire to put you first in priority, to make you his ultimate prize. And Lord, I pray that that would every day, that you would make that true in my heart. And I pray that every day that you would make that true in the hearts of those gathered in this place today. Help us have a discerning mind and heart to know whether or not the things we are pursuing, the prizes we're chasing after, the priorities in our lives, if they're worth it, if they're the right ones, or if they're things that are distracting us from something that's better, give us that that wisdom and discernment to know that. Well, thank you for helping us with that. Help us always to remember that our, our priorities will determine our prize. Our prize will for sure determine our priorities. And we'll thank you for helping us discern that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, and I hope you have a great day.